there's the World Cup next year, the T20 World Cup in 2024, then 2026 in England. We have the Champions Trophy in 2027. We have the ODI World Cup in 2025. Snail Pradhan, when will India win one of these? The way the team is tracking, I'm hoping that it is the 2023 uh, T20 World Cup in South Africa. That's that's next year. That's awesome. Yeah, they were only nine yeah. runs away. In yeah. six months, they should cover up. They should somehow cover up for nine runs. <laughs> So hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Kartik speaking to you three days out from the end of the Commonwealth Games. Three days out from the end of cricket's gold medal match where Australia edged out India in an absolute thriller. Today, we're going to ask the question, why India can't get over the line? And to answer that question, we have with us a very, very special guest. A woman who wears a lot of hats, an India cricketer, a broadcaster, a commentator. And now, Snehal Pradhan, you're a YouTuber as well. Uh, thank you. I think I got I became a YouTuber before I became a broadcaster and a commentator. Mm. So, <laughs> yes, but thank you so much for having me. So, plug in your channel right here at, at the very beginning. It's Cricket with, with Snehal, am I right? Correct. Cricket with Snehal Hindi, where I basically mm-hmm. share cricket coaching videos in Hindi. Uh, and yeah, that is where I live on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Snehal Pradhan. And that is where people can find most of my written work on my Twitter handles. So as YouTubers would say, comment, like, and smash that subscribe button to, to Snehal's <laughs> channel. Now, now along with, with Snehal, and I just realized that I should have written an equally, you know, broad introduction with all of Shashank Kishore's achievements. But 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 Stump Mike listeners have heard Shanky before. So I'm just going to say welcome, Shanky, once again to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. Yeah, thanks, Karthik. Good to be back. Uh, hello to Snehal once again. So Snehal, let, let's start with you. You're in England. You were where the thick of the action was as a simply broader question. How was it being at the Commonwealth Games? This was women's cricket's first time there. This was cricket's first time there since 1998. So how, how was the overall atmosphere? What feeling are you coming away with? Very different from a regular cricket tournament. Let's start with that because the cricket tournaments or a cricket tour, uh, if it's a bilateral tour, is usually you know moving from one city to another. Um, and there's this play, travel, train, play routine that wasn't there in this tournament. Like firstly, because it was all in one place. So even the players got to, you know, unpack their suitcases. And if you're a person like me, <laughs> move move your clothes from a suitcase to your closet and actually set things up nicely and feel like you're going to be living there for a while. They were here in Birmingham for almost three weeks. Second thing really was that the fact that you're not alone. I mean, even though they were not in the athletes' village, there was no one athletes village for these games because of mm-hmm. covid and they really spread things out and made put up all the athletes close to their respective venues there was a sense of you know uh, belonging to a different uh, different and bigger unit there were different clothing like the first time i went to team practice it really struck me the fact that hang on they're not wearing the bcci logo they're wearing mm. the team india logo and their training kit is different. Their playing kit is different. I think their playing kit was an improvement on the on the retro kits that we saw for a long time uh, for the Indian team. I really loved the Team India playing kit for women's cricket. Um, and yeah, I think they they did soak in the environment and soak in the 
the fact that you know the occasion is a lot bigger and the focus is not on them as much and you can't assume that everyone will know who you are you have to go out with your accreditation you can't just mm. walk in everywhere and just because you're smriti mandhana or armanpreet kaur things will happen no there are other stars there and those kind of things uh, will kind of uh, be important that said the focus was definitely on the cricket and in that sense it felt like a regular cricket tournament because edgbaston was only hosting cricket no other sport was played at edgbaston there was a little bit of a that focus as well which you need in a, in a big tournament um, that they had the space for that as well and not constantly being uh, almost uh, i'm not going to say distracted but you know the the fact that there are so many at sports happening at one venue wasn't the case for the cricketers uh, they were kind of secluded but kind of still part of a bigger squad shashank cricket at the commonwealth games thumbs up thumbs down whole hearted thumbs up i think it was a fantastic ex- exhibition of cricket for the last uh, 10 days or so i think i mean you couldn't have asked for a better final you couldn't have asked for a better group phase started with a bang ended with a bang yeah great great fun i mean uh, would have looked forward to seeing the men's uh, format as well at the cwg but fantastic debut for the women's format now absolutely it's, it's it's like we've been mentioning on this podcast the women seem to be trend setters quite a bit it was it was the world cup earlier in the in the 70s and and now the commonwealth games as well which which is maybe a pit stop on the way to the olympics but now snehal let's get to the tougher questions why aren't india able to get over the line that's what we're trying to answer today now this has happened kind of frequently i know there were a lot of similarities with the 2017 world cup final against england it happened in england india lost that by nine runs chasing india lost this by nine runs chasing where does the problem lie see um like my belief for t20 cricket is um if you are assuming that you have a flat batting pitch uh, and if you are assuming that you know conditions are good for batting you have to have an aggressive approach which is exactly what we saw throughout the tournament from the top teams so in order to really uh, have that aggressive approach you need to have six or seven match winning batters in your side because the only way that you can put up a really good total is by batting aggressively batting aggressively involves taking risk and on any given day those risks are not going to come off for three of your six or seven batters six or seven top batters a team that has that kind of uh, quality that kind of depth can bat freely aggressively um, and that is essentially what those kind of conditions demand Uh, judging by the way the game is evolving in other countries and the way the standard is really raising up if i look at the last few finals if i look at the last few tournaments that india has played progressively in each tournament i can see one more match winner really added to our uh, list like in the 2020 world cup it was shafali verma who really stood up and said that you know on her day mm. she can turn a game uh in this tournament it was jemmy marodricks who said that you know even uh, without the power game she can bat at a strike rate of uh, 130 140 harmanpreet kaur and smriti mandana of course have already always been there and they are always uh, counted amongst the match winners that we have where india fell short is the depth in that list of match winners really and that is the difference for me between an india and an australia where australia still have that depth uh, even england to an extent have that depth um, so it's in it's really credible that india got past a team like england in the semi final which is also yeah. incredibly close incredibly entertaining but in t20 cricket if you want to win big tournaments you have to have six or seven match winning batters which allows your entire batting lineup to bat aggressively and freely and india are on that that route but are not there yet 
Harmanpreet Kaur, uh, India's captain, Shanky, she was pretty forthright after after the game. I mean, she was interviewed on the field. She said, we keep making these mistakes again and again every time it comes to this. And she did offer a solution. Pretty much what Snehal is saying there, saying that we are looking for that batter. And when that batter comes in, I think these performances may not repeat themselves. I was a little uh, surprised to see that statement from Harmanpreet Kaur. They do need a batter, but from the 50-over World Cup to now, uh, not much has really changed. And, and just six months ago, um, you know, they they really uh, hoped that someone like a Richa Ghosh, who had that makings of being a very good finisher lower down the order, you know, was back to do the job. Here she is, uh, who couldn't even make, make it into the, into the squad. So uh, I found that a little surprising in terms of the selection itself. Uh, secondly, someone like a Yastika Bhatia, I mean, she was back to, you know, be that top order batter who could, you know, add that muscle and prove to be that kind of a holding player between Harman Preet, Smriti and Jemmy. But, uh, I mean, she she couldn't find a place. Suddenly, she got left out because they felt that they wanted to play a regular wicketkeeper. So, there were a couple of calls that I thought, I thought that they were in very clear in terms of what they wanted to achieve in, in that sense. So, if, if a player who you back for the future doesn't find a place six months later, I think, I mean, there has to be some reason, right? And that reason hasn't been forthcoming so far. So I think that there's a little bit of confusion that they need to kind of iron out. It was a very good campaign, but yes, they need clarity on a couple of roles. And if they can achieve that, I think, um, you know, they'll definitely be on that road to uh, winning a title anytime soon. So going along that same track, Snail, of what Harman said after after the match, and are, are there any names on your radar who can maybe fl- fill in the spot she's talking about? See, there's clearly been a lot of investment in uh, Deepti Sharma. Um, mm-hmm. And we did see glimpses over the Sri Lanka tour and on even on this uh, even on this campaign that her power game is evolving. I've always felt that, you know, Deepti Sharma has the strongest arm in the field. She is just like a rocket throw. So there is no shortage of upper body strength, which is, you know, typically something you need for to develop that power hitting game. It's just that her game has always been geared towards that mid-wicket, deep mid-wicket area. Uh, but now over the last couple of tours, finally, after a number of years of uh, frustrating us, uh, we have seen her hitting straight. We have seen her hitting down the ground, but and also try to access that offside. She's not got that game yet. Uh, for me, this is one of the biggest... Um, missed opportunities of Indian cricket uh, in nurturing someone like Adipti Sharma into that role. And that comes down not just to the system, but also to the player themselves. Both of those things need to work in the same direction. Uh, I think, you know, we missed a lot of opportunities with other all-rounders, other potential all-rounders as well, like someone like Ashika Pandey, who no longer finds a place in the in the squad mm-hmm. and in the scheme of things. Um, so, Deepti Sharma is obviously one candidate who they like. They also like the fact that she's left-handed and therefore gives uh, us an option to kind of play with fields and give the opposition a little bit of trouble. Pooja Vastakar is the obvious candidate and I'm really happy for her that she's getting a gig in the WBBL this coming uh, Australian summer because I think that is something that will help her achieve her potential, uh, give her exposure to a number of high-pressure games and uh, credit to the team management that they backed her and they did send her up the order in that final. It's just that uh, she didn't really choose the right shot and uh, didn't hit it clean enough and that risk really didn't come off. I agree with what Shanky said. Uh, from what I can tell, I think Richa has been left out for fitness reasons, fitness concerns. Um, the same concerns kind of uh, underline Yastika as well. We know that she's not the fastest mover in the field. We know that she's not the quickest between wickets. And 
therefore they seem to back tanya bhatia so it's it's a little confusing it's a little um, strange but at the same time you can see a group of players who are moving in that direction that can fill up um, that match winning role in india's bottom order really uh, mm-hmm. because from from 13 required of 10 balls with four wickets in hand you need people who can close out that game even if you lose two wickets and two balls you need people who can come and straight away hit a couple of boundaries and finish off the game over there so we've spoken about the middle and maybe shanky the lower middle order but uh, i think shafali verma very fairly cop some criticism yeah it was a huge opportunity i mean you do expect players like her to be given that rope uh, and also you do expect players like her to be given that freedom which the current team management has and in sri lanka prior to this she spoke openly about you know uh, learning to temper her game and learning to you know rotate strike and you know take the innings deep and not just be known as a power play batter so i think in that sense in her mind she has that role defined she knows what she has to do to get better and take her game to the next level but in terms of execution yeah i mean you just saw that shot and you went oh no not again maybe it was just rush of blood maybe it was just the occasion uh, that got to her but again i guess she's still so she's got a long way to go yes it was a bad shot under the circumstances but i mean it happens and i think she'll be uh, richer from this experience and you know get better uh, looking at the next year's world cup So in terms of heartbreaking defeats for India in recent years Neil we've had the 2017 ODI World Cup final in 2020 I think it's fair to say we were overawed by the occasion and Alyssa Healy mainly in that T20 World Cup final in the 2022 World Cup there was that no ball from from Deepthi Sharma and what was a virtual knockout versus South Africa and now here in the Commonwealth Games another failed chase you've seen all of them you've seen a few of them live which one stings and hurts the most I've seen all of them live. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I've had I've had my share of heartbreaks along with uh, this team <laughs> along, over the last few years. I mean 2017 hurt the most and I'll tell you why because at that point of time the gap between the teams was minimum. The gap between mm. the England and the Australia and India was minimum where you know uh, sure England had the KSL on us and uh, Australia had the WBBL but those tournaments really hadn't matured the the professionalism really hadn't seeped in i could see weaknesses in each of those squads the australian squads and the english squads which on a good day the indian team could have beaten and you know we very all very nearly had that good day uh, in in the final in 2017 uh, yeah. but since then the differences between the squads have become more uh, about systemic you know less about the individual capabilities of the players but the differences between those the india england and the australia has become more about the systems that they have built and we haven't uh, and now i see a bigger challenge uh, you know in trying to beat these two teams which is why i keep saying it's a very creditable performance from india to beat england and get into the final because beating a team where they have a mature t20 league besides the t20 league they also have the 100 and then you're in the final pushing a team who again have the best t20 competition in the world while at the same time not having that same competition yourself 2017 hurts the most because that was the opportunity where the difference between the teams was less systemic and more really individual but Yeah, I mean that was just one of those days, I guess. Trying to bring in a lighter point. I mean, had they won in 2017, then you may have had the uh, women's IPL taking off a year or two later, and 
Snail may have been in the roster of one of the uh, IPL teams, uh, the women's <laughs> teams, and then we would have had to take permission from the franchise owners to you know get her on the spot. So so yeah, I think that set that, that set the uh, um, you know the league back by a few years, and we're hoping that you know it takes off next year and talks are on and. Uh, we're hearing that the matters, uh, you know, likely to come up for discussion at the age next month. So, 2017 was a massively uh, big opportunity that India missed, and had they actually crossed the line, you is, may... is that the one that hurts you the most as well, or are you going for a more recent? No, no, the 2017 World Cup uh, really uh, kind of uh, stings the most. I mean, I'd pick that ahead of 2020 or this one. Mm. They had a shocker of a World Cup in 2013. For the next two years, they continued to have a series of ordinary results. So, And they had a very poor T20 World Cup in 2016. So for them to have turned things around in a short span of time and get into that World Cup, beating big sides, beating England on the opening day, you know, beating Australia in that semi-final the mm. way. Harmanpreet did to actually have faltered in the final step really hurts even today to think of it. So, so yeah, that was a massive opportunity missed. But I will disagree with one point, Shanky. The fact that, you know, uh, because they didn't win is why the women's IPL didn't take off. Because if if you look at what a win brings, what does a win bring? It brings popularity. They didn't win, yes. But the manner of their defeat, uh, the fact that they came so close, the fact, like you said, they had such a wonderful campaign despite all the difficulties of the previous year did bring that popularity. So, women's cricket became ridiculously more popular uh, after the 2017 World Cup, despite them not winning the tournament. So, that popularity having been generated, it still, despite them losing that final, could have translated, should have translated into a women's IPL that year itself, or I mean the next year from 2018 onwards. I, I firmly believe, and this is something like I, I, I got that impression when I was a player also, that the administration is almost waiting for us or we felt as a playing group that we have to win something in order to be worthy of or deserve uh, you know things to improve or things to change and it shouldn't be that way uh, the playing group has to do their best yes but the administration also has to do their best irrespective of the results of the playing group absolutely it's, it's it is grating at times when when People say, oh, when they talk about equal pay or when we talk about whether there's a women's IPL and you're like, no, how many people watch men's cricket as compared to women's cricket? Okay, maybe as a fan or as some random dude on Twitter, you can say that. But these messages should not be coming from a board. It's a board responsibility to make sure that the game grows. As, as simple as. Indeed, the board is not doing anybody a favor by enabling professionals to play the sport that they're extremely good at. I hope I hope that in, in 2023, the, the IPL starts and in, in it's full-fledged and... The signs look promising. So credit there where, where it's due. The signs look promising. Uh, you mentioned an interesting point, Snail, about uh, these defeats. And you said that there was a lot of positive momentum despite defeat. There, there is a slight switch happening though. And I, and I think it, it is good. Like I, I'm sure you'll have all seen Mohamed Azrudin's tweet. Such a tweet wouldn't have come out a few years ago. And at sometimes this sort of criticism, whether fair or unfair, has been leveled at, at the men's game from the 80s, the 90s. Did, are, do, are you okay with that? With, with what was said and even with a lot of commentators saying that this is one time where we feel bad that India didn't come away with a win. Okay, so I ha- like having not seen the tweet, but just like what I'm hearing. Of, See, I, I, uh, I think the broader point more is is criticism. Sure, is it good yeah. that criticism is coming on women's cricket and not just, oh, well done, girls, well done. 
yeah yeah like i'm absolutely welcome welcoming that and o- open to that from 13 required of 10 balls four wickets in hand they should have won and from there it is a few bad decisions besides i mean australia keeping their nerve and sticking to their plans and all those things mm-hmm. we we made a few bad decisions but how do you train those decisions you can't train them in training like i said before the playing group absolutely has to be held accountable for their mistakes but that only works when the administration is also has the same level of accountability the playing group need to do their best i'm absolutely agreeing with that they need, they are paid as professionals they need to perform as professionals they can be criticized as professionals but then the administration also has to back them up with the kind of infrastructure and the kind of uh, competition support system all those kind of things now those things are happening slowly slowly over the last couple of years i'm i'm really happy to see um, the fact that the new support staff seem to have been given a little bit of a long term contracts mm. uh, we've have we've got like anandate now who's come in as trainer uh, the fielding coach is there uh, the girls have spoken very highly about kranti the throwdown specialist uh, and over the last couple of tours they've spoken very highly about sai the Uh, performance analyst not just a video analyst a performance analyst who come whose whose job is to come in and essentially help with t20 strategies based on data um so those kind of support that kind of support for the indian team is coming but that now also needs to extend to the domestic system where professionalism really needs to uh, come to the domestic system if you want to develop a factory of match winners which really india is going to need because just look at the team that we now have a couple of injuries here and there and it will make a big difference unless you develop that professionalism in the domestic system yeah. which we seeing in the men's team currently where even a couple of injuries and still you got you know people who are waiting for the chance to get into the indian team and waiting <laughs> for the chance to show it on the big stage that's that's the level i want to get at and then yes you know bring whatever criticism you want to bring after that happens then i'm totally open to it <laughs> adding to what snehal said you know the support staff the group um it's 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 a lot bigger than what it was 5 years ago you just had a head coach and maybe a team manager so a lot more effort is being put in at the moment and i think uh, i'd also like to you know uh, ask snehal um, with the new domestic system uh, new domestic season announced how big a move is it to have the zonal system back how big is it to see um, you know an under 16 uh, and do you think that the knock on effect of that will kind of translate into uh, producing better quality players and just in terms of widening the talent pool over the next 2 or 3 years personally from me coming from someone who has played cricket from in an era before the bcci uh, existed for women's cricket i i couldn't understand why we didn't have an under 16 competition all these years when i played mm-hmm. cricket when i started my cricket i started in an under 16 competition first that was organized by the women's cricket association of india there were 25 over matches we had an under 16 competition where uh, someone like me who was a 14 year old at the time 15 year old at the time could perform i never understood that if a women's cricket association of india with their limited funds and all those kind of things could have an under 16 under 19 and senior tournaments why for all these years have we not had an under 16 competition for um for women's cricket under the bcci uh, like i'm in england right now and i was talking to a parent yesterday who uh, i'm working with his daughter to just uh, help her into the uh, with her basics and domestic cricket over here and he was telling me that she can start playing at under 9s under 11s under 13s and then under 15s that's just club cricket and then they get into the county system so there is that that many levels over here and there have have been for a number of years to encourage a talent like 17 year old freya kemp 
your 17 year old mm. alice capsi who came into this tournament and looked like they belong they can play that fearless level of cricket and all so it's great that the under 16 is finally arriving uh, it's better late than never uh, i must say though that the under 23 has been scrapped so we've got on one hand another tournament for the under 16s but the under 23 tournament has disappeared so it's almost a case of you know it's either this or this can it not be both sure it's great that the zonals are back the zonals are a great tournament especially for a country like india where we have our talent spread out amongst 36 different teams you need to condense that talent into five teams and play interzonals it's an absolutely absolutely must have tournament why it went away that is the bigger question <laughs> the fact that it's back <laughs> it's good but again we're we're gaining some and we're losing some Just play devil's advocate here, Snail, and I'll use a football example here. Over there, their under twenty threes are considered just for players who you know will never make it in 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 the big time. You're you've you've missed your boat, so to speak. When the under twenty three came around, I was not a big fan of the under twenty three, uh, purely for the reason that uh, it allowed it was another tournament where the railways could dominate. Uh, in the under 19 the railways can't participate <laughs> so in the under 19 the railways can't participate because the railways does not employ people uh, under mm. uh, under 18 years old so in the under 19 you have a very balanced state level competition uh, whereas in the senior and in the under 23 uh, you have a railways team which hires which is the only employer in cricket still one which is mm. a separate problem which we should talk about another time but they can basically field an under 23 team there what happens is that they'll hire the best 20 to 23 year olds they can only play for the railways in that season but because mm. they are young you know 18 to 23 year olds they may not fit into the railway senior side which is as it is so hard to get into so then they have only that one competition and their season is kind of wasted which is kind of which is what happened with meghna singh for a number of years mm. she was nowhere because she was in that railway side playing that under 23 then she basically got out of the under 23 age group and started picking up her performances and got a place in the uh, senior railway side but we might have had meghna singh in the indian team a lot earlier if there was uh, if there was no under 23 so personally i'm i wasn't a fan of the under 23 tournament uh, but the fact that there are limited number of tournaments for women's cricketers and now we've suddenly got one less tournament itself uh, does hurt i think i think this uh, unequal distribution of talent in states and you know versus railways i think it that's also partly due to uh, you know the income disparity uh, it's also partly due to the match fees and how little the players who play an entire season of domestic cricket get so when an opportunity from the railways comes around invariably players are lured by the the security that it brings to make that even i think the bcci needs to you know bring in a contract system and not just for the women i think across the board men women all formats you need to bring in a contract system that guarantees players a, a little a, a set amount of income every season and you know get on a retainer that will get then put them on the road forward in terms of their cricket and everything else then takes care of itself once you bring in that system then the players know that they have to work for something they have something in front of them to work for and if you are in grade b then you're automatically motivated to make the next step up and so on so i think the contract system is a necessity across the board i think this is something that we've been speaking about for so many years now that it almost like you know uh, I, i keep going on like a broken record if the bcci with all its riches and all the money and the millions and billions that they make to television rights alone and let's not even talk about uh, sponsorship from the other avenues if you can't do it now then i don't know when and and smaller both like pakistan cricket board has done better 
it's not just about the IPL. It's, it's easy to say, okay, the women's IPL started. We, you know, everyone was talking about it. Here you go. We are rolling it out and we, you know, welcoming the best talent from around the country and the world. It's fine. But back that, complement that with equal amount of work at the domestic level and at the age group level, the under 16s, under 19s, under 23. And then you will see the system, you know, build its way up and, you know, work on its own. I think that's very unlikely that it that'll happen Im- immediately, but I hope it happens at some point in time. So I think we, sh- we should end with one final question. We started by asking when India will get over the line. Snehal, we have many women's tournaments coming up. I think there's there's the World Cup next year, the T20 World Cup in 2024, then 2026 in England. We have the Champions Trophy in 2027. We have the ODI World Cup in 2025. Snehal Pradhan, when will India win one of these? I've written in my writing before that India will not win a major tournament until we have a women's IPL and I hope that is proven wrong. And if, you know, signs are indicating that we have a, a women's IPL mm-hmm. next year, the major tournament before that is the T20 World Cup in South Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way this Indian team is tracking, they look globally like the one team that can challenge the Australian domination. They look like the one team where where privately the Australians might say that, you know, okay, this is the team we're slightly concerned about facing. Uh, the way the team is tracking, I'm hoping that it is the 2023 uh, T20 World Cup in South Africa. That's, that's next year. That's awesome. Yeah, they were only nine yeah. runs away. In six months, we should cover up. We should somehow cover up for nine runs. Shanky, you're going with? I I I think I agree with Snehal. 2023 T20 World Cup is a a realistic target to you know hope for. If you can bring back a couple of A tours, send a couple of the players who can't break into the main team into that tour, uh, make shadow tours uh, possible, and build a wider pool of 30 players. I think uh, the World Cup is a realistic goal. Excellent. Shanky and Snail, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of ESPN Click and for Stump Mike. Listen, we'll be back next week. 